0: Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode, we have Netflix 147th film. It's the 2019 teen rom-com, The Perfect Date. It's directed by Chris Nelson. It stars Noah Centineo, Laura Morano, Odysseus Georgiatis, Camilla Mendes and Matt Walsh. I'm Jesse and I'm here with MJ. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good. I um, went online and I got a syllabalized way of saying uh, Noah's name to make sure I said it right. <laughs> so is that how it's said? Noah Centineo. So the, the on the internet, it's got like S-E-N, so Sen, and then T-I-N, so Tin, Centin, and then A-Y, A, and then O-H, Sentin ao
1: Centineo. I always yeah. call him Noah Centino.
0: <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> I don't want to upset any fans, so... Um... <laughs> If we do um, say it wrong, we're sorry.
1: Well, I'm going to say his name again in this podcast. So I do want to, like, if, if we've gone to the effort to get it right, centenayo All right. centenayo centenayo right, I just referred, right. refer to him as Noah. And that might be easier. Big Noah. <laughs> Big Noah. All
0: right. <laughs> Good. So um, we start this show off with our Fast Flicks where we give a quick little summary of the film that we're talking about. So what have you got for the perfect date?
1: Oh, this is feeling like a really IMDB synopsis fast flicks for me, but a high school senior with big plans for college recognizes that he can make money by renting himself out on dates with girls.
0: Yeah. That's a good way of putting it, sucks, it. Very that's, think, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: I've done the same. I've, I've gone for Brooks to get into one of the best colleges. He needs cash. So he sets up a dating app, selling himself and the relationships that he holds. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you read that, right? If you read that, and someone said, "Hey, obviously we're doing this for the podcast, and we're doing all of Netflix original films." If someone said, Jesse, I'm going to watch this movie," you're like, oh, never heard of it. What's it about?" And someone said that to you. Would you be like, "Nah," I'd probably be nah when I heard Noah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I, just, I look at that as a concept, and I'm just like, really like, how is this? How is this film? But you know, I guess you get a you know teen heartthrob and. You can do anything. Exactly.
0: So uh, we like to talk about how a film's been put together or what we can learn about it. What what sort of background have you got for this one for us?
1: Yeah, so it's based on a novel. Um, the novel is called The Stand-In, written by Steve Bloom. Uh, and it was published in October 2017. So a semi-recent release. Um, it seems like the movie world got on very quickly to, to make this one into a film. So that book comes out in October. And then what's that, like six months later in March 2018, um it was basically announced that this film was was happening um they they got Noah Centineo on board they got the rest of the cast on board um the movie at that point was was called the stand-in um off the off the back of its source novel Chris Nelson was was directing and it was being produced by Awesomeness Films and Ace Entertainment so very quickly this was just you know going great guns and then later that month uh Principal photography began in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, New Orleans. So, very quick. Yep. Um, so, that was, we're in March 2018 there, and it's January 2019. So, a little bit of time's passed. It's reported that Netflix had acquired the worldwide distribution rights to the film. They'd retitled it at the perfect date. Um, I found it interesting that To All the Boys Before released in August of 2018, so a few months earlier. And it was also produced by Awesomeness Films. So Netflix has seen the success of To All the Boys. Obviously, Noah Centineo has um, had a little bit of a star off the back of that. He's, he's kind of exploded onto the scene and they've already negotiated with Awesomeness Films in the past for a similar film. So I can understand how this all sort of came to be as a Netflix film. And then a few months later, it was released on, on Netflix worldwide, on the, so the 12th of April 2019. And... Netflix reported that the film was viewed by 48 million households in its first four weeks of release. Now, it's obviously we 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 know those numbers are something that Netflix chooses to divulge whenever they want to divulge them. We don't get normal data from them. But how many do we know how many worldwide subscribers Netflix actually has? It's a really good question, isn't it? Um,
0: you think there'd be more than that just in America? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But I, yeah. I, I, feel like it's you know two hundred, maybe three hundred yeah. million, which means this is a, this is like a, a quarter a, a, of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty good um landing point, I guess. And like you mentioned, that it's probably the only reason that they're reporting it is because they want to show off. Hey, this this was big for us.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um. um oh, yeah, I've got that. It, it had a It had a budget of five point seven million dollars. A very small budget. Um, so, they're obviously. I couldn't, I, I looked ever, I couldn't find how much Netflix acquired the, the rights for, which obviously don't have to be devolved either. But 5.7 million, very specific. It's the exact same budget as the In Betweeners back in 2012. Um, and so, a lot of sort of comedy titles around this. Spend it like Beckham was 5.6 million. Obviously, you know, a little bit of time's passed since that one. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, I found interesting at five point four million. One of a favorite of mine in the last couple of years, and a very highly acclaimed movie. Uh, And then you look at a five million. So I'm trying to branch it down a little bit, and that's when you got you got some really good five million dollar films. A lot of them are horrors, but. My big fat Greek wedding. Get out. Saw two Paranormal Activity three. Insidious chapter two. Lights out. The visit. Ouija. All that sort of. And (laughs) I was looking at this thinking, now I know why studios love making these cheap horror films because the amount of profit that you can make off them is insane. Uh, There's there's an audience for them, right? Anyway, I'm
0: digressing. No, that was good because all I had was in between us and Bennett like Beckham. So you gave a bit more context there. That was um, that's good. I looked up what it was called around the world just for some uh, laughs, I guess. And they, they like using the word perfect in the title. So, you know, in Finnish it's called, and I think you'll like this one, it's called the perfect Cavalier, <laughs> which I thought it was, <laughs> um, it was, it was quite funny. Um, in Greek, it's called the perfect companion in Hungary. It's the perfect guy um, in Poland. I like this one. It's called hire a boyfriend, which is which is a good title for this. Almost <laughs> the best one um in romania it's called the perfect meeting and the last one i've got is from taiwan where it's called limited time perfect man <laughs> <We shall> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> All right, taiwan wins yeah, taiwan, yeah. Save, save the i best find it last. interesting though
1: i find it interesting that a few of them are talking about like the perfect man or the perfect cavalier talking about that character in particular i, I don't feel like that's what the title is going for i don't think they're trying to say that this bloke is the best no, I don't think so at all, and I think that there's a lot in this film that says he's not. So, uh,
0: very interesting. <laughs> the it did it was nominated and won a couple of awards. So, in particular, at the People's Choice Awards, it won Favorite Comedy Movie Star for Noah Centineo, um, as well as the Choice Comedy Movie Actor for Noah and the Choice Comedy Actress for Laura Morano at the teen choice awards. Um, And then it was also nominated for two other awards at the teen choice um, awards for the comedy movie and the choice ship for Laura and Noah in the film. So um, yeah, a lot of, uh, I guess, more uh, public, generated uh, awards rather than from the the critical side of things
1: yeah, and that, and yeah that look, the choice <laughs> yeah. awards is right into their realm isn't it but yeah sorry we yeah. are going to talk about consensus aren't we? i was so. gonna i had a segue set up it's all good um yeah ah, so <laughs> so, sorry <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what, what
0: what do the critics say about this mj or,
1: or uh by sorry i do like to talk about imdb first it's 5.8 out of 10 on imdb 35,000 ratings. Uh, 5.8 is not a bad score for a movie like this. Letterbox is a two out of five, so significantly down, uh, which you know extrapolates out to a four out of 10 if you want to compare it to IMDb. Two out of five. But this is what staggered me. Nearly 40,000 <laughs> ratings on Letterboxd, more than IMDb. This is not the sort of movie <laughs> that I was expecting to have more ratings on Letterboxd than on IMDb. So as much as people didn't like it on Letterboxd, they still watched it.
0: Yeah, I reckon that there's probably these these fan forums or groups, the the NOAA fan clubs, where um, they probably all band together and go, what are all the places we can jump on and log something? And then <laughs> letterbox people probably seen it and then gone, we'll do it lower to bring it down. Um,
1: yeah. well, so. Back to reality, please.
0: Only thing I can think of, um, Rotten Tomatoes, it's actually fresh on 18 critic reviews at 67%. Uh, the audience, same as Letterboxd, had it quite a bit lower, down at 37%, and that's on over 500 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is on the higher end okay. for, um, for, for some audience members getting onto Rotten Tomatoes, I guess. Um, I guess so Netflix's got in.
1: eyeballs. So we we know that for sure.
0: Yeah, they, they'd be very happy with um, the amount of people that have gone out of their way to say that they've seen it too.
1: Um, but mm. let's head into our early thoughts. What are your, your thoughts for this one? I alluded to this earlier when I asked you that question straight off the bat, I, I thought that it was a pretty terrible concept. Um, and I feel like it obviously had a very predictable conclusion, yet there was still a certain charm. Uh, and I, there's a definite connection between the two leads and that made it pretty a pretty fine watch. Um, I was rarely offended by some of the, like, those pathetic rom-com traits that we might have seen in familiar uh, similar films um and the sub 90 minute runtime certainly helped make it a lot more bearable it it actually wasn't that bad a watch
0: yeah i I mentioned this at the end of the episode last week i I had seen this one and i didn't have fond memories at all um and i put off watching this as long as i could um (laughs) because and i'm not sure if that's because my expectations were so low but I actually enjoyed um, this the second time around and I, I don't know where it was because I was like oh, I'm gonna hate this but I think yeah as you've mentioned it's like a really sweet but obvious film um mm. yeah so it's, it's not offensive at all but we'll, we'll probably talk mm. about that as we we get into some scenes and things like that but characters what are, what are, talk about some characters in from this one
1: yeah well um, Brooks Radigan how is that for, <laughs> is that for a name? <laughs> I had the subtitles on, so it confirmed straight away that I hadn't misheard. His name is Brooks Radigan. I just, I don't know if I love it or I hate it, but it, it's sticking with me. Brooks there was a Radigan. lot of anyway, stuff on.
0: There was a, st- a lot of stuff online about um, his full name, saying like, you know, um, Brooks Radigan, attorney, lawyer, representing the defense case. Like it's like it's just like this real mouthful word that he expect that
1: from. Yes. Anyway, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> I think I like it. I do think I like it, but I don't know if I get it. Anyway. Um, I think the Noah Centineo charm is actually rubbing off on me. I, I like him. Um, and therefore, I kind of automatically liked Brooks. He's like a more ambitious version of um, Noah Centineo's character in To All the Boys. He still kind of carries that charisma and confidence with a little bit of a, you know, I'm a little bit top myself kind of thing. And I think that's his whole brand. Um, and it actually kind of annoyed me when he sort of ventured into being a bit of a shit friend. Um, because he's a pretty switched-on dude. Uh, he just obviously got caught up in himself and his own objectives to, to notice everyone else around him, um, and, and it's kind of that character trait that made the story what it is. Um, but you know, all in all, <laughs> he's very well cast, and that that kind of works. I've literally like exactly what you've said. I've just said in
0: different words. I still use that word like he's ambitious and smart, and with this mind or this this his mind's so set on this goal of getting into, to Yale. It, it overemphasizes these um, selfish uh, traits, mm-hmm. I guess, because he's so blinded by this goal. And, and as you mentioned, you know, going for this application to, to get to Yale um, means, you know, he's horrible to his dad, his best mate, all the girls he interacts with. So yeah, as you mentioned, it, it's hard to uh, like, yeah, I, I didn't really appreciate the the scenes where he did sort of turn into that bit of a dick. Yeah. 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 All right. I guess, I'm guessing you got
1: Celia next yeah, so Celia actually, she grew on me and I think I think she's disp- supp- supposed to. Um, she obviously, she started off just a little bit too dour, almost the notion of like, I don't want to be in a rom-com kind of vibe. Uh, and when you're settling down to watch a rom-com, that's that's kind of a jarring feeling. But then then she obviously warms and she warms to Brooke and then you warm to her as an audience member. And I just think I also really appreciated uh, where her head was at with a lot of things. Um Know when they really humanize her, um, and you you sort of understand the hurt that she feels, and you start to connect with her a lot more. And uh, I think at her essence, she's quite a good role model esque character to some extent for um, for some young girls with just with her take on you know wanting to be herself, and eventually she kind of finds a nice groove where she does do that. Yeah, I I
0: think I agree with you, Deb this character i sort of if we go back and think about we saw that was it sierra burgess is a loser whatever that movie was yeah Yeah, yeah, sort of a a similar sort of thing whereas i really dislike that character but as you mentioned this one she sets you she starts off really stubborn and and you know different compared to everyone else that you see in the film but i I do feel like that she was pretty true to herself throughout and you know that idea that they talk about of her being too scared to show who she is to others and things like that, that that i sort of connected with that and thought you know Mm -hmm. that made me connect with her more as a character too throughout
1: that's a great comparison you made with Sierra burgess's lose because the big issue with that film was that she was actually a pretty bad character like she did some really ordinary things that were almost unforgivable um and when you're trying to root for this underdog it became Mm -hmm. really difficult to do that for her and she wasn't a role model whereas celia's got a lot of good traits in that sense
0: exactly all right who have you got next
1: i've got murph um so his best mate, I, I, I got the feeling he was going to be a bit more of a main character from the opening of the film. And I think I was left a little bit unfulfilled with Murph. I, I found him interesting, um, but never did we really hear or see any specifics of his own motivations or his own objectives. He's kind of just there to serve Brooks. And and I can see why that works from a story perspective, but I feel like this character showed enough I wanted him to be fleshed out a little bit more and, and, and learn more about him because they, they created this really interesting character on the surface and then never really decided to go into it.
0: Yeah, we're on. I'm on the same page again because the the setup of him and I really enjoyed the idea that he's got this best mate that you know he not only hangs out with him and does these zombie things, he goes to where he works with him at the same place. You know, he supports him in setting up this this app. Um, you know, seems like he's really committed to this friendship, and then he's literally left in the cold by by books pretty mm. books pretty quickly. And I think the thing that frustrated me the most with this is that if he was a more fleshed out character like you're talking about, that we, we could have got on board a bit more with then it wouldn't have felt so tokenistic for me because to me, it's like, we've got, mm-hmm. we've got this gay character. Who's also dyslexic, um, but we don't, you know, we don't even get to know the name of the guy that he's crushing on that. You know, you get to the end and it's like probably. the final scene. Oh, I, still, I still don't know his name. Like, mm. I, yeah, I just felt like really under underdone character that we probably could have got more from and probably could have enjoyed more.
1: Not to mention like as much as uh, Brooks had the idea for the app, and he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I made this app. It's like, hang on, you just like pitched an idea at someone who went out and made it. Like you should be taking like 10% of the credit, not all of it.
0: Exactly. And even Celia sort of had the idea a little bit too. So they they all should of yeah, it. It's true.
1: Uh, uh anyone else? I just wanted to quickly talk about Charlie Radigan, who is um Brooks' dad. Um, I like Matt Walsh as an actor. I, I do. I think he's quite good in in the roles he's in. But in what world is Matt Walsh Noah Centineo's dad? Like yeah. <laughs> in your casting, I just even looking at them together, it just felt like Noah Centineo is like this big, brooding, young, handsome man, and Matt Walsh is not small, but like he's not a tall man. He's certainly not an athletic looking man. There's no way he would have produced. Brooks Radicate. So I just want to mention that obviously he's not a huge part of the story, really. Whilst I, I enjoy the father-son bonding by the end of it, I don't think I ever really felt these issues that they had between them, apart from the fact they were on the surface and talked about that they had these issues. Um, and even when he was at, sort of at rock bottom, you know, what did he? What did he do to earn his minor redemption that he got? Was it just that he cleared a plate from the couch at one point, and he was his hand up to cook some meals does that was that what the growth that we we're supposed to see out of him i i, don't know. I know he wasn't a huge character but I, i'm just trying to pick him apart a little bit yeah he almost seemed like
0: a in a sitcom like the next door neighbor that you pop into and, and have a chat with like just for a little bit of advice it was yeah, it didn't did you didn't get that connection that actually you know father yeah. and son oh. I, I also i was chucked in shelby there just briefly too because I know that they set her up as the, you know, the good looking, rich, cool, popular sort of person that, that's focused on material stuff. But I also did like that they didn't, like, with the reveal towards the end and spoiler alert, I guess we haven't done one yet. <laughs> We're going to ruin this film. Yeah, um, the She did identify that being true to yourself and not lying and honesty is an important thing to her, even though she may be focused on all those uh, things that society often says is, is, you know, not necessarily the best thing. I, I still like that she did have some good traits to her as well.
1: Hmm. And yeah. she was ambitious that, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Make that. yeah.
0: Very true. Good. All right. Um, the director, Chris Nelson, anything interesting you'd find about him?
1: Uh, like, apart from the fact that this is his third feature, um, date and switch in 2014 and ass backwards in 2013, done a couple of shorts, a couple of TV shows and miniseries. But um, no, nah, this is... This is all I I haven't seen those films. I'm not not too familiar with his work. Yeah, me either. I thought it was interesting that this was his last um, sort of work
0: or piece of work that you could see he's done. So I'm not sure what's going on, like 2019 to now. You think probably be working on something, but yeah, interesting. Covid happened, Jesse. Very true. All right, let's um, let's talk about some scenes. What are some ones that you enjoyed in this one?
1: Uh, so this is no scene. It's an all-encompassing vibe I got, and I just want to—I have to mention what I did like is the the connection between Brooks and Celia. Celia, um, they kind of had these verbal tennis matches that, that flowed really nicely. They were sharp, they were witty, they were really natural. Um, one of the one of the better romantic comedies. I don't want to necessarily lump it into a romantic comedy category because I feel like it was so much more, but set it up um, on Netflix that we watched a while ago. One of the things I loved about that was this connection that the two leads had. And I don't think we've seen a good enough connection since then until this. I think these two had a really good connection. Um, and it's not a scene, but it happens constantly throughout the film. And it's um, it was a highlight for me. Yeah, agree. And the only scene specifically that i do have there is how celia told her parents near the end that she just wants to be whatever she wants to be and and the idea that why does high school have to be the time in your life where you have to be perfect at everything and i know this is not necessarily something that parents will put onto their kids but it's it's something that kids will feel throughout high school they, they feel like it's the most important thing in the world because at the time in their lives it is and it has been the most important thing in the world and they do feel the constant pressure to be perfect at everything and i I really appreciated that i thought it was a great scene i thought it was great to see the, the strength and bravery of her to do that with her parents um and i think it certainly stood out to me from a character perspective as well as a same perspective but i thought it was great i liked the um the group hug too that was nice that was cool. <laughs> yeah that was that was as much as it was corny and like it's sort of like took, yeah we're still we're still a comedy we're still having a bit of fun with this like and it was kind of true to the dad as well i think that sort of fit his character so yeah that was good cool. all right um
0: yeah my my scenes are more towards the end of the film so um we did mention before spoilers but there's a scene where and we mentioned the the father-son relationship there was one scene that i did like where towards the end brooks sits down with his dad and actually talks about why he's been out late at night he's been you know on this app trying to get money for college and and i just liked a bit of the dialogue from the dad talking about you know reflecting on who you were in the past who you want to be in the future and sort of split that difference of, of where you are now um and just that moment where you know, they said they love each other, I, d- I just felt a bit of warmth from that. It was, it was a nice mm-hmm. little um, part towards the end for me. Uh, and the only other thing too, that, that towards the end as well, is this whole idea, this whole film has been about him focusing on what's he going to put in this application letter. And I'm not necessarily a huge fan of rom-coms, but I did like the application letter that he wrote to Celia to see if she'd accept him. I thought that was really cute. Um, and that, that was a nice way to end it.
1: It was actually yeah. very nice. Yeah. Good, good yeah. pick up. Cool. All right. What are some things that um you necessarily didn't like? Yeah. Look in, in general, again, I mentioned this before, I just didn't like it when he was a bad friend because you know, they've set up this guy who is pretty switched on. And as you said, like the reasons that he wasn't a good friend was because he's tied up in his own goals and those, those are really, you know, noble and ambitious goals. So you, you can't get too mad at that, but I, it just annoyed me when it was so obvious what he was doing Um. And it kind of felt like we were taking away from a character that they'd set up really nicely. But in terms of there's a couple of scenes specifically I didn't like. One of them was obviously when they had that big breakup scene, and that that was fine within itself. But within two minutes, he was he was kissing Shelby, and then he asked her to the formal. Like, it's one of the few times that this actually felt like a trashy, cheap rom com hashtag reality high um so,
0: <laughs> the, so it, it, i i don't have many i've only got two scenes and this is one of the scenes as well like the breakup was fine but but two minutes later the make out i don't know where yeah i agree it was horrible
1: absolutely horrible. it was it was what you would expect from a lesser film i'll be honest um yep. and they just sort of dipped their toe into it where they shouldn't have so yeah the only other bad. scene <laughs> it was bad the only other scene that i did have was um this is being a bit hypercritical, but the scene with the old lady when he goes on a walk with the old lady. Um, it was when it, when it was happening, I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. He's, and then I just realized, oh, hang on. They're just using this scene for her to explain her situation and how it's exactly the same as his situation. And he needs to learn a lesson from that. I was like, don't throw that in my face. Can you? Yeah, if you're going to, I don't mind you showing him on different dates and we get to experience different people and see different sides of him. But this was just too, nah. Like it would have been, been better if you had
0: done like a, a date early on with someone who was really old. So it wasn't just a one jammed at the end.
1: Exactly. Ah, who's going to, who's going to give him some wisdom? Oh, we'll just give him an old lady. And she's like, I don't know how to use an app, but here I am walking. Like, yeah, nah, too much. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um.
0: So yeah, the I've only got one other one apart from the, the makeout scene where at the, where they do rock up with that uh, formal at the end and, Brooke sort of bumps into some of his clients and they sort of mentioned that side hustle that he's been doing in front of Shelby. And I just didn't like the way that the reveal or how he was forced to reveal what he'd been doing. I would have rather seen him do it out of his own free will to explain the situation rather than it just being like pushed on him. Um, just for him as a character, that would have been a bit nicer, I think.
1: It kind of threw me as well cuz firstly I was like ah oh, I like I like seeing this girl with a date that's this is this is nice and then when she sort of mentioned it I was like oh is this like such a big deal like mm. why, why is she so annoyed like he didn't mm. double cross her or do anything you know directly to her it was just this is what he was doing in a life before he was with her and it didn't yeah it didn't quite make sense to me I didn't know we were, I wasn't expecting a big reveal with it
0: yeah yeah exactly good all right um what what was this film trying to say what are some ideas
1: or themes I think there's a, nice, there's a nice idea about the balances you need to have in life and that idea of not forgetting to smell the roses. Uh, like Setting a goal is great, um, but not if it gets in the way of the people in your life that make it great. And being singularly focused on something isn't normally a good thing. I think it's nice to look at the things in your life and work really hard to get the things that you want but your life is never going to be about one thing. Um, and and don't just assume that because you are so committed to something that your needs are ever more important than, than those around you. Uh, but more importantly, don't forget what it's like to be yourself. And this was probably a little bit explicit when he <laughs> literally took on different personas and everything. And when he was himself, you know, he was, he was happy with Murph and he was happy with Celia and uh, never lose sight of what, makes it easy to be you and, and who makes it easy to be you. So there's some nice stuff here.
0: Yes, I completely agree. That whole idea of being true to yourself, you know, um, being honest, not trying to be what you think others want you to be, which you've already touched on as well. And it's hard to say any further than what you said, but that, that idea too of becoming an
1: adult, figuring out life, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mind. When he had that meeting with the dean and he started to about the bees and stuff, I thought that was great. Savvy, clever. I don't know why she got annoyed, no, but that's what you do. You, you need to do those sorts of things. It wasn't a bad thing.
0: I, I kind of didn't like how they put it out that it was like they they made it out as if he was just um, crapping on at the start. And then, I don't know, they could have done it a bit better that you knew that he'd researched it. Yeah
1: but he's a smart guy. I I think that's a great move to do. And I think it should be advice that kids take (laughs) if they are going for an interview, like try and know who's interviewing you and what's going to make them happy. Excellent. So what did you take away from this one? Um, It probably won't be a memorable one for me, um, but at least it won't be memorable for the wrong reasons either. It it certainly sits above Sierra Burgess uh, and the kissing booth, but, probably up to probably not quite up to the to All the boys love before standards when talking about those sort of popular Netflix original rom-coms. Yeah, so
0: for me I guess that it was actually quite sweet and I think that the adult references are quite minor so this could realistically be a good introduction to a rom-com for some younger people too yeah. I guess which would be good. Mm.
1: Yeah, so look I did you <laughs> I jumped on IMDb at one point after I watched the film. So I didn't actually jump on it all during the film, but afterwards I was just having a look through the cast. And the guy who played his character's name is Larry. He was the date of the girl who, um, so when Brooks was went on a date with a girl who had never been on a date and she was trying to learn how to date and they bumped into her at the prom that we spoke about before her date was played by a guy called Ivan Hoey Jr. He looked familiar. So I wanted to look at him. Okay. He's not really in anything, but, he was the stand-in double for Joni Hill on 22 Jump Street. And I just thought that was funny. <laughs> so-
0: wow, that's, that's a big pickup. I would not have had any idea. I would not even have picked up on that. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't go on IMDB at all. So um, did you have any questions that you wanted to ask about this one?
1: I have a couple. They are semi-related. Uh, actually, no, they're not really. But firstly, how much longer can Noah Centeno play a high school student? He's twenty five years old, if you are wondering. Yeah, he still looks young. I reckon he'll um, be able to keep doing it for a
0: couple more years, as long as the the roles keep coming. I reckon girls will keep swooning over him. He just he
1: seems so physically developed now. He's he's like he's a genuinely big man. Um, he's like that kid from the, fair well,
0: the the boy from the kissing booth. He's still doing like a few more of them. I reckon so.
1: <laughs> he's enormous, but he's actually younger than he seems. Yeah, very uh, true. What else? My have you second got? question, Yale. Now Yale can't be that cheap because uh, surely he's not getting more than like 50 bucks on these dates, and he probably got like 75% of the way of paying for his college tuition. So I'm I'm thinking maybe he's got a few hundred, maybe a thousand dollars from all this. I don't know. I don't know how he got so close. The, gambling the S- on the side.
0: The, the escort um, business is a big buck business, a big big money sort of uh, business, I guess. So he's obviously raking for high the cash. <laughs> I like that they made that big, made sure that they said, ah, he's not getting paid for sex. <laughs> yeah, true. That's that was never,
1: yeah, it was never really, it wasn't, we weren't talking about Juice Bigelow here.
0: Exactly. Anything else that you wanted to ask?
1: No more questions from my end. All I wanted
0: to say was, do you reckon this could have been better if it was a bit raunchier?
1: Ooh. I think it changes. I think the audience definitely changes, but... um yeah, I think there's there's room for it. Maybe it would have been. Maybe it would have appealed to me more. Um, but maybe it yeah, wouldn't have appealed. It could to have to a, a couple
0: more little jokes that probably could have. Um, yeah, been a little bit more dirtier. <laughs> fair, fair. I'll give it that. All right, time to wrap this one up. So we give the films a rating out of five and give it an average out of um, five. So what have you got, MJ?
1: Look, all in all, it's um, certainly not a bad watch. I I never really cared too much for the characters or the outcome because the whole script basically wrote itself after the first 15 minutes. But the journey getting there wasn't offensive in any way. So great chemistry from the two leads was was really a welcome surprise to me. So I'm going to give it two and a half stars. Yeah, I was um, pleasantly surprised on the
0: rewatch for this one, and it actually has quite a nice message. So for me, um, you know, like you mentioned before, the chemistry of the leads is good. I've got my little um, infant son sitting right next to me, so I apologize for the (laughs) gaga's. But yeah, it was. I'm um, looking forward to seeing hearing his take. (laughs) It's pretty easy watching um, for most people, I think. So um, I'm bumping my rating up that I originally gave it a two. So I'm giving it a two and a half as well. Welcome to the club excellent so that gives us a two and a half pretty easy straightforward we have twitter we have facebook we have instagram and we'd like you to follow us if you can give us a like give us a Mm. give us a retweet whatever you can um question that i wanted to ask this week was um what's a stressful application that you've had to write yourself at
1: some stage stressful application i was thinking like a mobile application uh, oh yeah it could be either because they're
0: both in this movie (laughs)
1: Oh man, any any cover letter you gotta write when you gotta get a job is always a pain in the ass because you're trying too hard to uh
0: yeah, writing exactly for what jobs. Is
1: always, always hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back again next week for another Netflix original film, which is very, very, very exciting. It's a 2019 Spanish drama. So gonna have the subtitles on next week, which is gonna be good. And it's called Who Would You Take to a Deserted Island? Which is An interesting title, I guess. And I guess that, um, yeah, I'm intrigued. Very, very intrigued. It's directed by Yata Linares. It stars Paul Monin, Jamie Lorente, Andrea Ross, and Maria Pedroza. So that's what we've got next week for you.
1: Well, I've been looking at that title for a while, and it's you're right. It's intrigued me as well. So uh, we'll see where we go with it. Excellent.
0: As usual, thank you for the catch-up in the chat. It's always good to do one of these teen rom-coms and see what we think about it.
1: No, nah, it's been great, mate. Thank you. And it's been a nice sort of welcome addition, in the piece with the young man on your, lo- on your lap. Yeah. We've got there. We've got there in the end. Hopefully it hasn't uh, dis- <laughs>
0: caused too many disruptions. He's taken the script now, so we're all good. <laughs> we're good I'm to telling all you, I'm fun. looking
1: forward to seeing his review on Letterboxd to the perfect date because I know he's watched it. Yes, he, he loved it. Love Noah
0: Centeno. I think he's a beast. <laughs> Centenario. Sorry, Centenario. Centeno. <laughs> Centenario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. All right. Well, um, I'll see you next week. See you then,
1: mate.